0: You're listening to Sportsnet Today on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour two of Sportsnet Today up and running. My name is Peter Klein filling in for Logan Gordon for the next couple of days. Your text is always welcome, 960-960. And I am so excited for our next guest he is a former nfl all pro uh, he is someone who if you happen to be like me and cheering for a team he didn't play on in the afc west he ruined your day a couple of times he is also the founder of lights out extreme fighting uh, ladies and gentlemen welcome to the program sean merriman sean thank you so much for doing this today how are you
1: Hey, what's up, my man?
0: How's it going? Doing well, doing well. Uh, This is uh, a treat to chat with you today, so really excited about this. Um, I guess we'll start with the game that most recently happened, uh, the Monday night or last night, the Philadelphia Eagles continue to stumble with a loss against uh, Seattle last night. Uh, I I saw you tweeted out Jalen Hurts didn't have to throw that ball. Uh, That certainly was an interesting decision as the Eagles were pushing down late, looking for an equalizer. Now that we've had a bit of time to sit on that, what did you think uh, of how the Eagles uh, executed just that whole game against Seattle on Monday night?
1: Uh, It it was tough to watch because, you know, my opinion this whole entire year, I was just trying to figure out why would they get so much slack, right, for being a 10-1 team, right? It was the, It's the first time I think we've ever seen a team kind of be talked about the way they did the entire season. Oh, they're not that good, and, and they're not winning like they should, but yet they were sitting around 10-1 and before they had these recent couple couple of losses. Uh, even saying that they don't think they're, uh, you know, a championship team. And so I was defending it. I was on their side. I was like, guys, have you ever seen anybody won this amount and and still saying they're not that good? And then all of a sudden, you know, they play San Francisco 49ers, they play the Cowboys, they lose against Seattle. And then you start to see what everyone's gripe was, is that they're, they're not the same team that we all saw last year. And rightfully so, you know, last year they were probably, even though I know they lost in the Super Bowl, they probably were the best team in the NFL. I think this fall this this loss, strictly falls on on, on Jalen Hurts. And I'm not talking about that just that one pass. Um, you yeah, know, I'm, I'm seeing the the, the 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 words and the language he's using in a press conference is out there, like "guys not committed." I think that the leadership has kind of failing, and that, and they need to find a way to get that corrected because this team starts and ends. With how well Jalen Hurst does, uh,
0: obviously every personality is different. But is that something you, you you think you could go up to a quarterback and say like, "Hey, man, uh, maybe didn't need that one"? Or is that something that they would they would know? And it just kind of like from a a leadership standpoint, is that something where you just kind of like, "No, they they know they didn't need to do that."
1: Yeah, they they know. And then you talk about a guy too like Jalen Hurst. He's a he's a real pro, right? He's a pro in his his preparation. He's a pro in how he's. Uh, um approach different situations. I think right now is the first time we've seen him not be a pro. Right. I, I just was I was thrown off about what he said about the team not being committed because it was very vague. it was also a, a blanketed statement. Like, okay, what did you mean by that? Who isn't committed? You or everyone else? Are you pointing to your the team teammates? There's a there's a lot of questions uh, from his post from his, you know, post uh, Conference this post game that he had that I'm like okay what is he saying is he putting the blame on himself he he needs to play better he needs to be more committed or is he talking about everyone everyone else but I think for the first time we're we're starting to see some holes being poked in this in this team that they that they're, they're not that good and they're not as good as everyone thought they were.
0: One team that, that's maybe showing that they might be a bit better than people thought at the beginning of the year, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, a pretty complete performance against Jacksonville on Sunday. They've had a few of those this year, tops in the AFC. For a while, the, the knock on Lamar Jackson is like, yeah, like this is fun and all, but playoff games have not necessarily been kind to him. Have you seen something from Lamar Jackson uh, this year or throughout his career, I guess, that, that would lead you to believe like, no, that this is a guy who can get that on track and get this Baltimore Ravens team ultimately to where they want to go?
1: I think Lamar, it was always his health. Mm. Um, His playing ability, I don't think anybody should question or could question because of his numbers and what he's done over over the longevity of his career. It was always his health. Can he be available around this time of year? And so, you know, obviously there's a couple games left. They got to get through it. He got to get through it without any injuries. But he even himself said after the last game of the press conference, like, hey, man, I'm going into this, this this postseason for the first time being healthy in here and how fun it is to play football in December, I think, was his exact word. So um, my, my thing is if, if Lamar Jackson is healthy, the Ravens could run the table because outside of the Bills, I don't see anyone giving them a problem in a playoff until they have to potentially see the Buffalo Bills.
0: Speaking of the Bills, uh, they've been a real problem the, the last couple of weeks. When, when everyone was kind of writing them off, did they come up with two of the biggest wins of the season in back-to-back games and looked real good against the Cowboys on um, uh, on the weekend? What have you seen from Buffalo that's kind of turned things around? And, and you mentioned them as a team to, to maybe give Baltimore some problems. So uh, I'm assuming you view them as a, a legitimate threat in the AFC now? Yeah, no, absolutely.
1: But I always felt that way. It was just... With me, obviously, I'm a, I'm a former Bill, right? So I'm Bill's mafia for life. But I also said this. When the when the, the team that they are shows up, and I mean the, the Josh Allen not throwing two or three interceptions, uh, them not forcing a ball in there, them, run, them not being able to run the ball. When they're doing all the things they did that last game, I don't think anyone can beat them. Because Cook, obviously, running the ball on the ground, that opens up so much more for digs, them throwing deep balls down the field, them finding number 86, that tight end uh they obviously can get after you in that in that front seven they got great pass rushes. they can get after you our front uh, put a lot of pressure when that when that bill team the last when the Dallas Cowboys team they played when that bill team show up i don't believe anybody in the nfl can beat them
0: from a defense standpoint um that would have to be frustrating cuz for a long time when buffalo when we talk about the buffalo running game it was kind of also josh allen Like he would get it done with his arms and then if they needed to run the ball, it tended to be him. You wouldn't necessarily worry about the the running back so much out in Buffalo. And I think that was kind of the scouting report, too, with all due respect to James Cook. And then he goes off and just goes off against Dallas. When you're on the defense and the exact opposite of what's supposed to happen is happening, how do you adjust to that and how frustrating is that?
1: It's demoralizing. I mean, it's one thing for if a quarterback is using his legs, he's picking up yards. It's another thing, too, when you know the running back is getting the ball and you can't stop him, and you, you know that he, they're going to keep handing the ball and you can't stop him. And what, what forces you to do is your, your linebackers step up, play a little closer. Your defensive backs play a little closer to the line of scrimmage. And before you know it, digs or a wide receiver, a deep, a deep ball down the field, them finding that tight end, number 86, you know, he'd had a couple drops, but he's also been playing well this year. So, I think that when you're running the ball as well as they are, they're the scariest team in the NFL because you know what they can do in the passing game. It's the fact that when Josh Allen goes out there, he, he's doing more than he needs to do is when they get in trouble.
0: Um, on the, uh, the, the opposite side of that game, the Dallas Cowboys had a lot of momentum coming into it and just hit a brick wall. Um, how concerned are you about the, the Cowboys and what we saw from them over the weekend?
2: I think the
1: Cowboys are exactly what I think they are, what everyone else thinks they are, other than the Cowboys fans, (laughs) right? Um, I think the Cowboys fans are the only ones that every time they win a game, it's automatic Super Bowl. But the truth of the matter is, the Cowboys will win, and they will beat anybody they're supposed to beat, right? Anybody with 500 record or less, you know they're going to stomp them. They're going to beat them bad. It's going to be embarrassing, whoever they play. It's when they go and face real talent, a real team above 500, a real contender, is that they haven't shown up. They're going to run the table in that NFC East. They're the best team in that division, in my opinion. They have been for quite a bit other than last year. Um, They got the most talent. They got the most uh, well-rounded team in that division. They're going to win in that division. It's a problem when they they go and see the San Francisco 49ers. When they go see some of these really good teams, that's when they go missing. So, uh, Dak Prescott, Honestly, he's having a great year. I'll give him that. He's always played exceptionally well in the the regular season. I don't really start ticking the clock with the Dallas Cowboys until they get somewhere deep in the playoffs. Other than that, I can't really pat them on the back. I can't tilt my hat because they are a great team. They're a really good team. But until they do something in the playoffs, it doesn't matter.
0: Do you remember a, a team like that um, in your career going up against them? Like you go into a matchup against team X and it's like, you know, like, yeah, the record looks good, but they, they aren't nearly as good as people think they are. And you get a chance to kind of show them what's up uh, at some point in your career.
1: Well, there was always, look, we, we had uh, a lot of quarterbacks that we had to go through in order to even get to the playoffs or even get to the AFC championship game. It was time with Tom Brady, Bill, you know, uh, um, Ben Robbinsberger, um, gosh, I mean, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, you know, like there, there was, a, there was a lot we had to get through in, in order to get there. Um, so, you know, there, there's been some years that, uh, that the Colts, I think was, was a great team, but, you know, we, we've been able to, medge, uh, you know, kind of edge them out when it comes to a big game or a playoff game, because they just, you know, really sometimes didn't show up in, in the playoffs. Uh, as great as they were. And I'm talking about with the Marvin Harrisons and uh, Reggie Wayne mm-hmm. and so you know, all these great players they had. We knocked them out of the playoffs as great as a team they had because we just knew we can triumph them when they got there. So yeah, that I, I would put up um you know I put the Dallas Cowboys sometime in, in, in that realm as well. Like these guys they, they're gonna they're gonna play well during regular season. You know, but my, Michael Parsons is one of my favorite players to watch. Demarcus Lawrence, all these guys. They're running the ball well, C D Lamb Dak Prescott has a great support and cast. But what's going to happen when, they, when the game matters to a really good team? Can they get over the hump then? And that question still has yet to be answered.
0: Yeah, and that, that has been a question there for a, a very, very long time. I, I do want to go back to that Colts point for just a second. I've always wondered, on the defensive side, when Peyton Manning gets up to the line of scrimmage and is calling 87 audibles at the line, um, what, what's that like from a defensive standpoint? It's like, okay, what are they actually doing? Are you just like, hey, can you hurry up and snap the damn thing? Like, what, What's going through a, a defender's mind while Peyton Manning is checking out of everything once he gets to the the the, uh, the line of scrimmage there?
1: we knew the longer he took, the worse it was for us. <laughs> we knew that he was he was sitting there x raying our defense, um, knew what we were doing, and we had this thing where we were what we called Hollywooding, right? That's uh fake and blitz and one, one gap blitz from somewhere else, maybe a guy flake faking like he was blitzing, another guy from the opposite side he blitzes. He knew all of it. And the longer he took Call those plays, whatever that audible looks like, we knew we were in trouble, and and that's what we'd we much rather him quick snap the ball, get the ball out and try to get something quick on us. We knew that if he knew if he took that long, he knew what we were doing.
0: Um, th- speaking of, of defenses, uh, the, the Cleveland Browns are po- probably going to make it into the playoffs uh, just based off of the, their defense, with, again, with all due respect to what they're doing uh, with Joe Flacco on offense part, uh, and all of that right now. But what are you seeing from Cleveland's defense that, that is making them so effective that it, it's just wrecking teams night in, night out?
1: They're, just their style of play, how aggressive they are. And I can't say enough about Myles Garrett. You know, he's one of my favorite players to watch for a long time. I think this year we're seeing a different Miles Garrett than we've seen in the past because um I've all, my biggest gripe, well, Miles Garrett was always his motor, right? Can he can he turn it on and keep it on for four quarters? That was my biggest thing. It's, it wasn't his athleticism, it wasn't his ability to make plays. We know he can do that. But right now I think that he's noticing how dominant he can be once he plays that hard and he plays a whole game like that. And more importantly, everybody else around him is just feeding off of him. And I, I don't think the coaching staff, you got to give this coaching staff more credit than than they're getting because they've had so many injuries, right? I mean, I'm talking about from there, you know, Nick Chubbs going down early on, their offensive line are being shifted out, shifted around. Their deep, uh, their what, uh, the and DBs are down or eye off for the whole year. And for them to be sitting around with that record, is pretty remarkable.
0: Yeah, it really is. And it just, whoever they plug in is like, well, this defense is still awesome. Um, on on the Miles Garrett tip, you, you mentioned he's kind of figured things out. Do you remember when that light bulb came on for you, where you kind of look around, was like, oh, oh, I got this now. Oh, this is great. Do, do you remember when, when that was? Yeah, when I came out the womb. Um,
1: <laughs> that I guess light that bulb works. was there, brother. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I look. I, I was I was fortunate because I was born with that. Uh, it was it was just my style of play and, and how I learned how to play the game, and I didn't know how to play any other way. I didn't believe in taking plays off. I know my career was shortened by injuries and, and I'm proud of the way that i that i my mindset and I approach the game in and and I'm glad that people appreciate it, even though my career wasn't as long as, as as some of these other guys out here. they appreciated the way I played the game and that that meant a lot
0: hey i uh I grew up a Raider fan, so I wish you took a few plays off man i i my i I would have had a lot more Sundays that would have been a bit more enjoyable if you would have just eased up a little bit on the silver and black there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no. Look, I'm sure a lot of people doing that—that black and <laughs> silver. And the funny part is that I—I I go back and forth with the Raiders fans. I, on or, or social media, I think they—they they got the the greatest fan base when it comes to just aggressive and and and, and protecting their team and, and just being passionate. Uh, but it was, it was sure fun to know that the Raiders were going to send me to the Pro Bowl every single year. It was awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, that wasn't a, a golden age for them either. What was that like going into the, the black hole that the fans are wearing shoulder pads with spikes on them and face paint? There's a, a baseball diamond on the field for no good reason. What, what's, what's it like going into the, the black hole there in, uh, in your career?
1: You know, you watch it on T V and you don't think it's real, right? It looks like Halloween, a costume party and people going crazy, but you don't know the atmosphere and how um how thick that area is when you pull into that stadium. And I'm not talking about walking into the stadium, I'm talking about to the parking lot. And I remember all the times that you know, they had fans out there stopping our buses from pulling in. It was <laughs> it, it was as it was as uncomfortable as you can make it and it was the greatest environment to ever play. If you you know, you think about sports, robberies fan basis, pure hatred, dislike, it doesn't get any worse than that. And 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 to me, I would always uh, I would always remember that part of my career because I, I got a thirteen year old son now and when I talk to him about the environment and just walking into a hectic situation, I said I tell my son, I said, Justin, there's no way that you would even understand how hectic it is walking into the black hole. This place was another level.
0: Uh, I promise I'm not transitioning from the Raiders to the Chargers on purpose, uh, but th- that is where I am going next here. Uh, the, the Chargers, some big changes happening with the the team that you are, uh, I think, most closely associated with um, now with, uh, with Brandon Staley out, general manager out as well. Uh, it seems like the, the roster is good. It just hasn't really clicked the way people wanted it to. What have you seen from the, the Chargers, and where do you think they go next?
1: I think uh, at the end of the day, it was, it was a move that was a long time coming. Um, outside of them getting bounced out of the playoffs last year by Jacksonville, I think probably three or four times this year alone that they could have made that move. Um, Credit to them for for sticking by because, you know, they they do realize that Justin Herbert had a rotating door of coaches and offensive coordinators. And you can never really build anything sustainable if you just keep having a revolving door. I don't care where you are and how great you are. If you're learning a new playbook every single year, a new coaching staff, a new scheme – how to, you know, get build a relationship with a different guy, knowing that he might be out the door in the next year or two. It, it's very hard to grow and be successful in. I think it was time. Um, this next coach that they bring in, the next coach and coaching staff and GM, you have to get it right because you know what you're dealing with when you come to a player like Justin Herbert or Keenan Allen who don't have that much long in his career. We don't know if Mike Williams is going to come back or he's going to be traded or, or let go, whatever the case is. But um, you got it. You got a great staff and a great team here. And somebody, whoever comes in needs to know how to get it, get things done. They don't have two, three years to figure it out. They don't have grace periods. They need to go out and win football games now.
0: Uh, shifting gears now, while I, I love talking about hockey here and football chatting with you, uh, combat sports is is kind of where I got my start here at this radio station. So I want to chat with you about uh, Lights Out Extreme Fighting. we got another show coming up January 6th, uh, Long Beach, California. Um, this is a, a few shows for you now with uh, Lights Out Extreme Fighting. What has being on that end uh, of that business been like? And, and what can you tell us about the show coming up on January 6th?
1: It's been great, man. I've been around this sport for 17 years, and when I launched Lifestyle Exchange Fighting, um, it was not only a passion of mine, but something I, I knew that I was going to get into long after I retired. Um, as you said, we got a big fight coming up Saturday, January 6th. Uh, we'll be in Long Beach, California, but the cool thing is we'll be live on Fubo TV, Fubo Sports. I believe you guys have, might have that up there, Fubo. Yes. Um, if you don't have Fubo, make sure you get it. Uh, we got a banger. This, this fight, we got our first women's main event. This one's huge. Uh, Abby Montez and Jackie Kelline, both of these women, very well known uh, in the MMA community. And if I had my pick, uh, I, I would pick this one as the fight of the night. But we got an awesome card. Again, we'll be live on football TV, football sports, Saturday, January 6th. Uh,
0: I want to ask you about the, the, the MMA world. Obviously, big fight this weekend, uh, or this most recent weekend, uh, Colby Covington losing to, to Leon Edwards. Uh, Colby saying some things uh, leading up to the, the fight, referencing uh, Leon's um, father, who's passed away, um, in terms of trash talk, like obviously it's the fight game. People are trying to sell things and all of that, but it does feel like with Colby, a line was crossed there. Is, is there a line that shouldn't be crossed when you're getting into trash talk? I would imagine you've been in a couple of trash talking exchanges in your career. Is there kind of a an unwritten rule about what you just don't say and where you don't go?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I've always felt like that, man. Um, I, I'm all about, look, I'm on the promotion side of things. I love when guys go back and forth. Obviously, Uh, That's what got me into the sport. I love being around the the, the back-and-forth banter, these guys challenging each other. I I myself, I still spar and train with a lot of these guys here and there. So I love being around the sport. But you got to have a a certain level of respect. Um, You say anything you want about that person individually. i got no problem with that. Um, I know Dana's a big um, advocate of saying what you want. It's a fight business, and I know he doesn't like it. But I I really, really don't like that, man, because – Everybody's in this thing to do the same thing. You want to compete. You want to be the best with what you do. You want to make money doing it. You want to uh, prolong your career and put yourself and your family at a different level. Um, and I know you got to promote a fight to do it. So sometimes things happen when you uh, cross the line, man, and bring in family and talk about you know kids or your wife or hus- like what a husband, whatever it is. When you start doing those type of things, you cross the line because this 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 fight business it's about sportsmanship as well. Right. And so say yeah. whatever you want before to a certain level. And I think he really crossed the line when he did that.
0: Yeah, completely agree. And I uh, think he, he got a bit of what he deserved with the, uh, the, the L on Saturday night, uh, Sean, this was a blast, man. Thanks so much. Uh, best of luck w- with lights out extreme fighting and we'll, we'll chat again soon.
1: Okay. You got it. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah. Thank you. There is Sean Merriman, former NFL all pro, um, just an absolute beast. I-, I was not kidding. He ruined a Sunday or two of mine. Growing up as a, a Raider fan, so uh, cool to get to chat with him about some football there. And yeah, lights out, extreme fighting. There have been so many people who have tried to like, especially after the the tough boom with MMA, where people just like saw like um, Affliction ran shows and Donald Trump was in on it, and then they didn't make money for a d- number of reasons. Uh, there's been a lot of people who have tried in this game, and it feels like Sean's going about it the right way. So excited to check out Lights Out Extreme Fighting coming up uh, at the beginning of the calendar for 2024. But the NFL is in like down the stretch. Here we go. And it is going to be a blast there. It's such a weird season. Cause it feels like what well, we talked about this with Emily yesterday, there's San Francisco who we're, we're pretty sure San Francisco is good at this point. They had a bit of a speed wobble middle of the year um, losing. Uh, I think it was three games in a row. And then now it's just, Oh, well they're just simply the best team in the league. And with Baltimore, I'm pretty sure Baltimore is good. And then after that, You can kind of poke holes in everybody. So it's going to be interesting to see, coming down the stretch, who steps up, who separates themselves. And in this playoff hunt, there's some gross teams that are still alive. So it's a very strange year in the national football League. Uh, We still got a lot to get to here as hour two of Sportsnet today rolls on here on Sportsnet 960. The fan, if you missed any of our one, um, it was like, I I think I was okay in the first segment, but then some great stuff with Jason Buchla in the second segment. Check that out now in podcast form, wherever you get your podcasts Um, coming up next. While last night was a great win for the Flames, there were a couple of things that need to be addressed and need to be worked on for this Flames team um, going forward. Regardless of what direction that the franchise is going, these are things that need to get figured out. We will uh, address that. We will address who I think the most annoying person in sports is right now. And one of the weirdest championships was crowned over the weekend. We will get to all of that as we continue our number two here on Sportsnet today on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Uh, just half an hour to go and they haven't, fired me yet so jokes on you a couple texters who don't like me uh welcome back to Sportsnet today everyone my name is peter klein filling in for logo here for the next couple of days um I want your guys' take on a few things on the fan feedback line coming up here in this final segment, 960-960. If you missed anything, uh, check it out in podcast form. Uh, Hour one, I believe, is probably up right now, although I do seem to be bugging Cam a lot, so uh, maybe I've held him up a little bit, but uh, hour one should be up there soon, if not now, and hour two will be up shortly after this show is done. Uh, But I do want to bring Cam and Taylor on now. Um, I I heard about this story from over the weekend and didn't want to get into it yesterday because yesterday was super serious sports radio day Um, but this needs to be discussed headline here from um, abc.net.au Sydney man, Andrew the Annihilator has won his third consecutive Microsoft Excel World Championship yeah so you're telling me, uh huh. The annihilator, yes, is a Excel. Yes, Microsoft Excel. Um, he began competitive excelling in 2018. He claimed this year's title during an esports event in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, which was streamed online and broadcast live on television. The competition, the competition sees data crunchers given problems to solve using Excel spreadsheets, including maths, financial modeling, and even board and card games. Players with the fewest points are eliminated one by one before the winner is crowned. Uh, Said Niai to ABC's uh, The Drive, it's pretty intense because it's just half an hour per case. So time ticks pretty quickly. Look, you guys can just all day, every day, do your Excel, but you don't know the pressure that it, that these people are under when it's only half an hour to do a spreadsheet. What the <laughs> hell is this? Like, I, I I do find it a little bit frustrating. As someone who can have an appreciation for some of the fancy stats when it comes to baseball, basketball, uh, football, and the, the sport of hockey, where people are like, oh, the nerds are taking everything over. Oh, a bunch of losers. And it's like, you know what? Like, chill. You You can understand how, like, turning playing uh, video games into a career like that that seems to make sense people enjoy watching those things i I know cam you're you're one of them um like there are different things that people would consider nerdy that are now like oh no this is actually like kind of neat and you can actually turn it into something but even i have a line and apparently (laughs) that line is a microsoft excel challenge uh that this person has now won three in a row at as he just annihilates the competition
2: you know it's it's really unfair. You know you hate seeing overly dominant teams in sports or or players who have who have success over long runs. You know uh, Max Verstappen right now, uh, Tom Brady before that, uh, and now another name
0: gets added to that list. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's wonderful to to live in a time of such greatness. You're absolutely right.
2: I I have a question. Okay, um, is his day job being an accountant?
0: It uh, better be. I would hope so.
2: If if it is. Um, every accountant out there i have a competition for you (laughs)
0: um apparently like i was i saw that there was a prize i was like oh this is gonna hurt my feelings it's actually not that bad like it's still more than you should get for being good at spreadsheets but uh niai says his prize includes uh three thousand dollars american uh also a trophy and a wrestling style championship belt now that's still too much um that's about Two thousand nine hundred and fifty dollars, a trophy and a wrestling style championship belt too much for for this. But I guess bravo um, to to the annihilator to who picks up the uh, the victory. And Matt and (laughs) Matt and Cochran says that uh, this is fake. They have. And look, I mean, it could also be a um, uh, could also be a a fake video, but they have here. My thing's turned off, right?
2: Yes, that's correct.
0: Okay, just going to pull this up here. They have the, it's on YouTube. uh, And this clip has uh, over 13,000 views of uh, an Excel eSport competition. So apparently this is a thing that people do. Uh, The 2022 finals um, under, if if you're interested, it's under the exhilarating uh, YouTube channel of Financial Modeling World Cup, uh, has over 600,000 views right now. I, I'm just in awe of this. Oh, me too. Of his greatness, for sure. Of the Annihilator? Of the Annihilator. Name, nickname. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, there, there is obviously concern of AI uh, entering this world, but Niai says that Excel uh, tournaments have evolved to become more fast-paced, exciting, and more accessible to people who aren't financial modelers. Yes, the fast-paced, exciting world of uh of excel microsoft for for what it's worth uh sent out a message congratulating the annihilator the legendary annihilator uh saying a new legend is among us the 2023 microsoft excel world champion you didn't just succeed you excelled uh drops the mic so what i am wondering because this has given me hope because i kind of feel like someone texted in his day job is like heavy metal drummer or something that that would be amazing like oh yeah no he's actually a uh, he's actually a bouncer and an MMA fighter um I I, I feel like I, I feel like he he's probably working within the realm there he doesn't just do this for fun it's also uh he's not just an amateur at this he's a, a professional so I want to know because I feel like my days of winning stuff probably were uh over a while ago aside from like like beer league, slow pitch and and stuff like that. Um, And even then, who knows? But I am now wondering if there is a world championship out there that I could win. I don't know what it would be, um, but I I am hoping because this has given me hope because this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of actually existing. And I'm sure there's worse. So I'm wondering now if there is a world championship out there that I could possibly win. Probably like the, the problem is, this is the only thing I'm good at is the talking about uh, sports stuff. And there are several people who would argue I'm not even good at that. So, uh, like, the, the, this one, de- there's definitely people who are better at this than I am. So, that's that's out. Um, if anyone has watched uh, my Twitch, twitch.tv slash primetimepk, you'll know, like, I'm not a great video gamer. Um, I, my slogan is the world's averagest video game player. So that's, that's out. Uh, so I, I don't really know, but Cam is there now. Cause I'm assuming this also, uh, not just basking in greatness, but also inspiration from the annihilator. Um, has this inspired, what, what could you win a world championship in? Oh man. Um, I,
2: I like to think I would win the award for probably the worst, uh, record of buying cars in the history <laughs> of man as every vehicle i've ever purchased has gone down in almost flames if not literally um so i think that's that's my
0: championship that would be quite the show, actually. Like, you just get a bunch of people, because I, I would be awful at it, too. I am the, the least mechanically inclined person ever. You just get a bunch of people walking around looking at cars. And it's like, I would buy that one. It's like, okay, you're safe. I would buy uh, this one. Oh, sorry. You're going to die in a fiery wreck. You win <laughs> for worst at picking, uh, picking vehicles. Um, Taylor, I- I'm assuming yours would be some form of graphic designy thingy or something that you're actually, like, talented at. What, uh, what, what world championship do you think you would take down?
2: I have no idea, but I have stumbled across an article Uh-oh. that just the weirdest competitions, like world competitions. Oh yes, um, you could probably maybe enter this wife carrying competition, <laughs> <laughs> um, where you just you just have to carry your wife.
0: Yep, throw her over your back and farming carry her out of there. There we go. Yeah, we could we could make that happen for sure. There's that, that cheese rolling one that you could go after where they, they chase the cheese down the hill. That's, that's always a good a, one. That's always a crowd pleaser.
2: How good are you at ironing?
0: Ooh. Oh, I, I iron a mean shirt. Is there a world ironing championship? Uh, yeah. Looking at this photo, um, this
2: man is strapped to a taxi ironing in the <laughs> middle of New York.
0: Oh, my God. That's not even competition. That's just what this guy does for fun uh that is ma extreme ironing how is this not a show that needs to be a show actually like can we just get like two episodes of the world poker tour and then one of extreme um uh ironing that's amazing
2: sportsnet let's get on it
0: yeah we're, we're just we're giving money away here not having this on
2: i uh i have a clip by the way of the moment uh mr annihilator won his championship oh we have to hear this yep yeah.
1: There's, it, there's no play? more eliminations. When this is over, is over. All right. And and Andrew now, he's looking around, he's taking his headphones off. What is he doing? Okay. Is, is he safe? Is he safe? This is bold. This is bold. Look at him. Crossing his arms. No, uh, no, uh, no. The guy is flexing. 19, he's flexing! 18, he's flexing! 16, 16, what is he doing? What is he Look at this guy! Look at 14, no. no. 13, <laughs> 13 10, 9! Oh, come on! Eight. What uh, is heaven? He no! Six. It like is it's all it's over, it's boys and girls. This, Ladies and it gentlemen, it children, children of
0: all age, we have our new winner. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm sold. <laughs> that was amazing.
2: And they, they've panned it out. There's an audience in studio. <laughs> and there's they're sat in front of the stage, and there's eight computers all uh, lined up next to them. They've got a, a screen in front of them, so you can see exactly what each... Uh,
0: player athlete is doing right this is incredible well uh today is now my final day covering hockey and uh football i am now going to cover the microsoft excel championships going forward
2: be starting a segment going forward uh once a week
0: yes once a week once a day keeping
2: you updated on the the world excel championship standings
0: look i'm going to say it right now i think this was the best radio segment about the world excel championships in the city of calgary today I feel like I feel like we are your number one source now for all things world excel Microsoft Excel championships here,
2: certainly one of the podcast episodes of all time that we've done,
0: yes, yeah, of all the podcasts we've done, this is definitely one of them um is like the minor leagues like google docs like it like how it, do right. you have to work your way up Libra um, Libra office is that the <laughs> other one yeah you, you just start with a, a table on Word, and you have to, to work your way up to to, to Microsoft Excel. Uh, a couple people texting in, uh, someone saying, I'd be the world champion of people thinking I'm creeping while minding my own business at the C-Train. That's uh, th- that's fair. Someone said I would be good at the uh, world championship in um, sending a quad off of a mountain, a distance competition. Look, I, I don't think I have the world record for the farthest someone has sent a quad off of a mountain. Um... I might have the Port of Vallarta record, but uh, like I, I, I think like regionally, I think I could do pretty well in that. So you, uh, you may be onto something there, Texter. Um, someone said I think there's a rock paper scissors world championship. Oh, that would be. I would commentate the heck out of that. That would be. There, there has to be that. So let's keep those coming here. I, I do want to talk about the Calgary Flames and stuff, but I just I saw this thing and I was like I need to talk about this and more people need to know about this because i know about it and it's absolutely ridiculous uh the calgary flames i was that whole segment in the back of my mind i was trying to think of a like clever microsoft excel pun to to lead into this (laughs) i i don't know enough about microsoft excel i'm just an amateur i don't know enough about excel to be able to do that so we're just going to transition awkwardly into uh, the the world of hockey now as the Flames pick up a 3-1 win last night. But as I said off the top of the show, while I am all about embracing victories and celebrating the positives, I didn't really think they played all that well last night. I Like, they survived, for sure, obviously. They won. Um, And... uh, it wasn't even one of those where I thought like Markstrom goalie them or anything like that. Like I, I don't think Florida poured it on or anything. I just didn't think the Flames had the puck a ton and found themselves in a, a bit of a hole there, and we were, were able to to battle and I, I guess keep it close and pick up a win. Um, but there's a couple of things from this performance that I, I think need to be talked about, and obviously it's been a hot button issue over the last little bit. Um, we we sent out a social post about the guy yesterday, and people were mad. Um, Jonathan Huberdeau. It is now uh, pointless in December for Jonathan Huberto. He has not scored a goal since November 20th, and he has not scored a five-on-five goal since November 16th. He has nine shots in nine games in this month, and as things have kind of got figured out, he has kind of emerged as the big thing that needs to get fixed with the Flames right now. Like, it's just, it's not working. And I, I don't like there are some people who are blaming, like, oh, he just got the contract and it's lazy. Now I, I genuinely genuinely don't think that's it. I, I do not believe this is a guy who has just cashed in and is now counting his millions, laughing maniacally as he throws a pass into the skates of someone or or bounces a pass off of someone's skate, uh stick, sorry, and it and it ends up going wide. Like I just I don't believe that's it. Um I do think like that there is an effort there and a compete there and those sorts of things. It's just not working, and I, I think it's weird because he is the the veteran, one of the veterans on the team, and so you would think that the role should be reversed. But I do think he needs to look at what some of the younger players are doing and kind of take note from there. You look at how the team has scored some goals the the last couple of games. Um, like obviously a couple of shorthanded breakaways those help, but. You, Carter Zari, we talked about it on, on Monday's show. He's got a, a defender all over him, so just throws the puck on goal, and wouldn't you know it, Vasilevsky missed it, and it goes in the net. Last night, Pospisil gets a, a nice outlet pass there from uh, from Nazem Kadri. rushes in, has someone with him going to the front of the goal, but instead uh, instead of trying to force an awkward pass back that probably gets deflected, just throws it on goal, and wouldn't you know it, Stolars was not expecting that shot to come from that angle on that spot, and the puck goes into the net. There's a reason that for as long as hockey has been played, people have been saying just put the puck on net and good things will happen. Now, I do think that this team kind of relied on that a bit too much last year, and it was just shooting from everywhere with no setup and no rhyme or reason for anything that they were doing. So there is a bit of nuance to this. But we should not be sitting here nine games into the month of December talking about nine shots for Jonathan Huberto. We shouldn't have an incomplete top 10 of the top 10 best shots from Jonathan Huberto in the month of December. It is wild to me that this is happening. And the thing that is, I guess, worrying me the most is that he's with the fix it line, right? Like Backlund and Coleman, they have been the break glass in case of emergency for everybody. And it has had, up to this point, a 100% success rate. Uh, oh, man, is uh, off to a bit of a slow start. Puts him with them. Uh, the, the guy, it, it's like, it, it's it, the energy drink that gives you wings. And they just fly away. Um, uh, oh, Lindholm is, is struggling. Oh, well, put him with there. All right, that's what we need. Star is born. Off goes Lindholm. Like, Dubé, all of these guys, you put them with, with, uh, with that group. And it just works. And it's not right now. And that is the, the thing that is concerning me is I don't know, I don't know what you do to, to to fix it right now. And I honestly, I don't think there is a coaching thing you can do. And it's so frustrating, right? Because the coaching advice is very simple. Like, I I, I don't have the, the, the whole experience and the, the played the game thing. But even I can say, hey, shoot. And it's it just, it's not. And when he does, it works and it goes well. And sometimes it goes in, sometimes it doesn't. But Either way, um, good things happen when you put the puck on the net. Or they don't, and there's a face-off, and you get another chance at it. Like, there, there isn't really a ton of downside here, but he he is forcing passes where they're not there, which is so weird, because the thing you heard all about him, and we heard yesterday from Plagans, his vision is, like, was, I guess, second to none, and his playmaking uh, ability, second to none, it, it is a it is a real, real struggle with him right now. And I don't know if it's like, it was obviously jarring for him to get traded. It is a bit of a culture shock going from Florida to Calgary, but also like he, I think in his mind was going to be a Panther for life. And then out of nowhere, oh, you're a Calgary flame. Um, And then last season wasn't the best atmosphere to be around. And I wonder if like, I, maybe that's just, it's, it's taking too much of the blame away from him that it's just like, it's still weighing on him, but we're 30 games into this. Now it should be kind of figured out. It it, like if last year was the problem, we're far enough into this year that I I feel like uh, unless something has really just irreparably been done that, that should be not really an issue now. And so like looking at it right now for the flames, how would you get him back on track? Because you're not touching, um, Kadri, Zari, and um, and Pospisil right now. And like Sharon Govich's goal streak ends yesterday, but like Manjapani, Sharon Govich, and Lindholm seem to be like clicking. And I, I don't know, like, oh, well, just put him with Rozicca and Dubey with all due respect. I don't think that's going to be the thing that fixes them either. So like, you're kind of just like, okay, if this isn't the thing that works, what is going to be the thing that works? So you just hope that when Pelche comes back, you can put him with, with Pelche, and that is the the magic elixir that gets him going. Like it, it, it really has to be something that is just stuck with you right now. And I, I don't, I, I genuinely don't know how to fix it. But it is, I think, the biggest concern for the Flames because, like I said, retool, rebuild, re whatever, that's not going anywhere. It's either a, a contract that doesn't match the, match the production and there's no way you're going to be moving it or the production does match the contract. And hey, look at that. You you have found a way to get back one of the better players in the league. Either way, the long term for the Calgary Flames features this dude. And it is important for them to, to get that figured out because regardless of how many amazing young players come in in different trades and drafting, like if you hit it out of the park 100%, you still got to figure out the $10.5 million guy. And right now, they haven't. And more specifically, he hasn't figured it out just yet. Also from last night, can we just start declining penalties? Um, that The power play last night was an issue again. And I don't like a lot of people pointing fingers at, at Mark Savard. Hey, it's the same issues they had last year. I don't believe that it's a, um, I I don't believe it's a coaching issue. Like, they're, they're just... We don't know what the coach is telling them to do to get set up because they're never set up last night. Okay. Well face off loss down. It goes. And then you're waiting and it's like 30 seconds. till they get set up and then you get like a Uyghur shot. It's 40 seconds to go. You get a shot and gasp a rebound. There's just, there's no control. There's no nothing. They're not getting into the offensive zone. It, it is just an absolute slog for this team right now. They were 28th in the NHL going into last night. And I don't think 0 for 5 helps. It's it's something that desperately needs to get figured out. And honestly, I feel like if Huberto can get things going, that power play can also get things going. Like he's supposed to be the, the playmaker there. And he's kind of on the power play too now. That needs to get really figured out for 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 this team because like the penalty kills great and you wish there was like you see the penalty kill being so aggressive you you kind of wish the the the, uh, the power play had that same jump to it and that same like push to it and that that same sense of urgency because there's just none of it right now from the the flames power play now all of that being said um there is you know a a, a reason to celebrate because they had all these issues and still won the game against one of the the better teams in the league. But these are things that, regardless, again, regardless of how this thing goes, you need to get those things figured out. One last thing before we wrap up today. I am so annoyed with the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. Uh, Apparently, Aaron Rodgers goes on the Pat McAfee show today and says, and I quote, It was unrealistic to think that I would be 100% to be medically cleared at any point during the regular season. I do feel like in the next three to four weeks, it would be very possible to get to 100%. If I was 100% today, I'd definitely be pushing to play. You know why everyone was talking about, oh, is he going to be able to play? It's not because we thought, hey, you know what? I just think out of nowhere that all of a sudden Achilles injuries have started to be figured out. It's because you, for forever, openly mocked the, the scientific modern medicine blah, 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 blahs of everyone else and how they handle Achilles things. Like, no, nah, man, I got it figured out. I know a way. I'm smarter than everyone. I got this. And that smug, stupid look he would go on every week and talk about, oh, we'll see. We'll see. And now we are seeing you have followed the same recovery path as every other human being in history for this thing. Have you been able to stand more than normal? I guess. But this whole situation is just this guy so desperate to stay in the limelight that he said, well, maybe I could come back by like week 11 with this Achilles injury that happened a minute ago. And now he's like, it kind of sounds like he's mocking things like, oh, it was unrealistic. to think I'd be back. Then why'd you say it? I am so, I, I, I can't remember an athlete I was more annoyed by. This whole saga was ridiculous, and it was just a desperate ploy by a desperate guy to stay in the lim- limelight, and I'm just happy this thing is going to get figured out and just go away. So that's going to do it for the show today. Uh, you guys have been a blast. A couple more texts here at 960960. Apparently there is uh, world pillow fighting. I have seen pillow fighting competitions um, in, like, MMA cages. Like, jacked-up, tattooed people just... Swinging pillows at each other, uh, so that uh, th- that 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 is something I was aware of. Apparently, there's also Beerstein holding, um, so that's awesome. Just a lot of a lot of weird competitions that again people can excel at going forward. I'm stealing ja- dad jokes now from companies. Uh, all right, that is the show. Once again, you guys have been great. Uh, one more time, thanks to, to Cam and Taylor for setting the show up today. Uh, if you missed anything, it's available in podcast form. Jason Bukola was great. So was Sean merriman have a great day everyone and we will talk to all of you tomorrow right here on sportsnet 960 the fan